invite you to turn in your Bibles to, to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, uh, that's on page 16 of your pew Bibles. But as you're turning there, let me read again Romans chapter 8, verse 32. That's our theme verse for uh, this Advent season, Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And now hear from Genesis 22, beginning with verse 1. Continuing in our reading of God's word, and we'll be reading through the 19th verse. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. 
And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for all of Scripture. We thank you that all of Scripture points us to Christ, our need for Christ, the promise of Christ, the salvation by grace that can only be found in Christ. And so, Lord, we pray that even as we um, read, study uh, this text from Genesis, uh, we pray uh, that we would see your grace, your goodness, your saving love for us in Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Excuse me. You know, what words first come to mind as you consider Christmas 2020? You know, do you think of gathering and gifts and glitter? Uh, Do you think of Christmas trees and cookies and carolings? Or have you been sleeplessly considering all the changes this year? Quarantining at home. Uh, reducing your Christmas spending, you know, simplifying your Christmas celebrations. You know, even for us as Christians, it's hard for us to consider making uh, costly sacrifices, especially when it involves our cherished traditions. You know, and given the choice, truth be told, I believe most of us would uh, prefer the extravagant version over the economy mode. Uh, but invite you this morning to keep your Bibles open here to Genesis 22 and be keeping in mind Romans 8 verse 32. But here in, in both portions of Scripture, we behold God's gracious provision for sin, the costly sacrifice of Christ. Uh, Romans 8.32 will serve as our uh, foundational gospel treasure during this these four Sundays before Christmas, you know, but we'll be studying other scriptures that declare God's most gracious gift of salvation in Christ.
Christ, our Savior. You know, but let's begin here with Genesis 22, verse 1. It begins with a, a, a phrase there, after these things. You know, it, it's a reminder here in Scripture uh, of Abraham's walk of faith with the Lord thus far. And, and to give you a, a quick a scriptural summary, you know, Abraham journeyed down to Egypt with his wife, Sarai. He had a, a, a close relationship, really uh, was acted as the father for his nephew Lot, whom he rescued from enemy kings. Uh, he, Abraham was blessed by Melchizedek. Uh, God established his covenant with Abraham, and you can read about it in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17, and it carries through to the New Testament. Then as well, we read about Abraham's son Ishmael by Hagar, Sarah's servant. And then the birth of the promised Isaac, a child of promise to Abraham and Sarah, both senior saints, long past childbearing years, Isaac, good name for a son means he laughs and now scripture teaches us about abraham's call to sacrifice this son this child of promise i believe here genesis 22 just to prepare you prepares us points us ahead to christ's sacrificial death for our sins you know but here in genesis 22 we see this This scriptural truth, in our great need, God graciously provided the sacrifice of Christ. And why is Christ then uh, God's, Christ's costly sacrifice, God's most gracious gift? You know, and here in Genesis 22, we'll see there's a costly obedience, a costly offering, and then finally, a costly oblation. And I'll be defining that for us all. You know, again, back to Genesis 22, verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham. You know, what, what's a test of faith? It, it, God is not seeking uh, to see Abraham stumble into sin. Rather, uh, God's gospel purpose here is to refine Abraham's faith, just as fire refines gold. So God graciously refines our faith in Christ. God calls Abraham uh, by name. Abraham answers without delay. You know, throughout this whole passage, we'll see Abraham's sure, faithful, immediate obedience to God's commands. And Abraham answers simply, here am I. You know, Lord, I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm willing. I hear you, Lord. And now three commands from God. There in verse 2, take your son, your only son, and you'll see that phrase repeated. Second command, go to the land of Moriah, another journey of faith, and then offer him there as a burnt offering. 
you know, stop and ponder the Lord's command to Abraham. You know, to, to summarize it, and we'll see it soon here in Genesis 22, God is asking Abraham, Abraham, sacrifice your son. Abraham, slay your son. Offer his body then on the altar as unto me. Now, Dr. Duguid, um, in his Sunday school book, for those who've been in Sunday school, his lessons on Genesis writes this In the space of three short imperatives, take, go, offer, Abraham's whole world came crashing down around his ears. You know, maybe you've been through that. Maybe you're going through that now. But keep in mind God's covenant with Abraham. You know, the the promise of a seed, sons. The promise of a land. That's a promised land. The promise that Abraham and his seed would be a, a blessing to the nations. That points us ahead to Christ. Now back to Genesis 22. Abraham obeys God without delay, without doubt. He rises early in the morning, saddles his donkey, takes his two young men with him along with his son Isaac. He cuts the wood for the burnt offering. He goes to the place where God told him to go. You know, here it's what could be described as unflinching faith. Abraham goes forth to sacrifice his son, his only son. It's such a vital gospel story, scriptural account, it's it's repeated in the New Testament. I'll give you one example, Hebrews chapter 11. You know that, that hall of fame of faith, Hebrews 11 verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So there is this test of faith, and then we'll see now in verse 4, Abraham's trip of faith, still this this costly offering, Abraham set out on a three-day journey from Beersheba to Moriah. It's about a 45-mile to 50-mile journey. Two hard days, at least, of of travel here. And Scripture tells us there, verse 4, on the third day, he's getting close. Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place, Moriah, the place where he was going to sacrifice Isaac, he saw it from afar. Again, Dr. Duguid helps us with this note. These three days must have seemed like an eternity, one step after the other, of painful obedience. You know, Abraham clearly commands now, verse 5, his young men to stay. And he says, I and the boy, the, the young man... 
Um, at this point, Isaac, we could consider him a, a teenager, an adolescent. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Uh, just an important note, and you can write this in your Bible, take notes, um, that truth there, when Abraham says, we will come again, it's actually, we will come again. You know, we'll go over there, we will worship, we will come back again to you. You know, the emphasis here, we will go, we will worship, we will come again. But still in faith, Abraham moves forward in faith. You know, this is not just an exercise of faith. This is the real deal. And so Abraham takes the wood, laid it on Isaac, and again you can begin to see the parallels with Christ. Christ carrying his own cross to Calvary. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife, and so the two of them went together. Abraham knew that that God was most serious and would prove himself to be most saving in this command. John Calvin writes this, In his commentary, Abraham could not understand it any other way than as requiring an outward burnt offering because there was no other way in which Abraham could accomplish the complete surrender of Isaac than by an actual preparation for really offering the desired sacrifice. And so with this test of faith, they're they're heading out and Isaac is, is fully aware of what's going on, spiritually aware. Verse 7, Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. In the Hebrew, that's Abba. Uh, that same truth we heard in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, that, that intimate cry, that personal cry. He knows his father loves him. And Abraham, I'm guessing at this point, fights back the tears, says, here am I, my son. And Isaac knows what's, what is to take place. He said, behold, you know, the fire and the wood, you know, but where is the lamb? You know, Isaac knew what the elements that were vital to that burnt offering. And Abraham, in a clear and confident faith, verse 8, declares, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. You know, God will provide. That can also be translated, God sees. You know, and they're both true. You know, God God provides for our needs. God sees us in our time of need. 
in his sovereign love for us. He, he sees our pain. He sees our plight. He provides for us in time of need. We see that throughout Scripture. You know, God provided God's gracious provision in time of need, an ark for Noah and his family to rescue them from the, the pending flood. He provided water, bread and water for Elijah in the wilderness. He provided a great fish to swallow Jonah when the sailors threw him overboard. God, Christ graciously provided bread and fish for those hungry crowds as they listened to him preaching in the wilderness, he provided a saving hand for Peter as he sank in the waves. You know, God graciously provided this son to Abraham and to Sarah. But he called Abraham to a costly obedience. You know, our good God still calls you and me to a costly obedience. You know, to leave our fishing nets, to follow him as did the disciples, to love Christ more than we love our cash, more than we love our Christmas presents, either the ones we're going to give or receive. We're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, that, that's God's call to Abraham, but it's also his call to us. A costly obedience you know, but God has a gracious purpose in all of this. You know, we see next the, the costly offering of Isaac there beginning in verse 9. You know, Abraham very faithfully uh, goes to that place where God had told him uh, to, to proceed to as in faith. And Abraham there builds the altar, laid the wood in order. You know, there, there seemed to be a pattern even to placing the wood. I'm speculating here. Maybe Abraham was a, a, a Presbyterian doing things decently and in order. Here, um, just a smile kind of comment. You know, but then what does he do next? He, he binds his own son. Can you, do you imagine that? You know, that's what they did with sacrificial animals. Abraham didn't seem fearful that Isaac was going to run off. John Calvin said Isaac voluntarily surrendered. Think of the faith of Isaac as well. Laid him on the altar on top of the wood. One last thing to do. Verse 10, you know, picture it in your mind's eye. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife. He grasped the knife, raised the knife. He's ready to slaughter, to slay his son. It's said that the, uh, the mode of slaughtering the sacrificial animals was by slitting the throat. Quick death. 
trust and pray, a, a relatively painless death. But that's what Abraham, God was calling Abraham to do. And then we hear this angel sovereign intervention. Abraham, I believe he said it loud, more loudly the second time to make sure he caught his attention. Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham heard him. Again, he says, here am I. And then, most graciously, the angel of the Lord speaking for the Lord gives him this command, additional commands, do not lay your hand on the boy. Do not slay your son or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. The Geneva translation of verse 12 puts it this way. Now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not spared your own son. That, that same language of Romans 8, verse 32. Abraham did not spare his son. God himself did not spare his son, but gave him up for a soul. And, and God in his gracious provision, and you, you know this, this uh, glorious scriptural story. Abraham again lifts up his eyes, verse 13, looked, and behold, behind him was a ram. Whether God created the ram or caused that ram to be caught in that thicket at just the right time and just the right place, but God provided that ram. And Abraham went, took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering. That ram was sacrificed. That ram was placed on top of the wood. The fire was lit. And that burnt offering was completely consumed. Instead of his son, Isaac. Lest Abraham or Isaac or any of their seed forget this account of God's faithful provision, God, Abraham did not raise a rock of remembrance here, but he gave a name to that place. You know, the Lord will provide. Some of you probably know the, the Hebrew here. You know, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Jehovah, the Lord. You know, the faithful covenant-keeping God will provide. The Lord sees our great need. The Lord supplies our need of that sacrifice for our sins. And on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. That mount was Mount Moriah. For those of you who, who study scripture, that was the same place where Abraham where David later offered his sacrifice for sins. Mount Moriah uh, there is where uh, the temple was built, where the, the Dome of the Rock, Pleasant 
presently sits. But remember, the Lord will provide. You know, at Christmas, it's my um, pastoral aim for us to sing as many of the Advent Christmas hymns as we can on these four Sundays leading up to Christmas. But it happens every year. Someone will say, well, we didn't sing my Christmas hymn this year. I'll do better next year. Uh, But along with singing all the Christmas hymns, Advent hymns, uh, it's good for us still to to sing other hymns. And our worship team has been learning some new hymns and uh, songs of praise. And uh, they had learned, Lord, from Sorrows Deep, I call, what, about a month ago or so, and uh, wanted to sing it before before it was forgotten and uh, wondered how it would fit in to an Advent sermon. You know, but thinking of Genesis 22, thinking of Abraham, look at that last stanza. You know, it's there in your bulletin. Almost as if Abraham wrote these words. We know that David did in Psalm 42, but should my life be torn from me? You know, thinking of Isaac, should my life be torn from me? Every worldly pleasure, when all I possess is grief, God be then my treasure, be my vision in the night, be my hope and refuge till my faith is turned to sight. Lord, my heart will praise you. And then the chorus, O my soul, put your hope in God, my help, my rock, I will praise him. Sing, O sing, through the raging storm, you're still my God, my salvation. You know, two applications here, thinking of the costly offering of Isaac, God's gracious provision. You know, there will be grief and sorrow in in our walk of faith with, with the Lord. You know, don't don't be surprised by it. Uh, don't be let your world be shaken. But also think of well as well of the great sacrifice that our heavenly Father made in sending His one and only Son, His beloved Son. You know, to die for our sins on the cross of Calvary. So that we might always be giving God holy thanks, joyful worship, humble adoration. Now finally there in verses 14 through 15 through 19 of Genesis 22, uh, there, there is a costly oblation of Christ. God's gracious promise of salvation and Sticking with alliteration, that that word oblation, you don't see it often in the Bible. You can find it back in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 36. Elijah is giving his sacrificial offering. It's called an oblation uh, there on Mount Carmel. And the Lord honored that sacrifice. And, And here we're to be thinking of Christ's sacrificial death for our sins. You know, that Christ offered himself as the final sacrifice for our sins there on the cross. And yet, 
You know, look at God's grace. The angel calls out to Abraham a second time. You know, and now he speaks again the very words of God to Abraham. By myself I have sworn. That those are God's words. In other words, God is telling Abraham, by my own unchangeable character, I am making this, this gracious promise to you, Abraham. You know, because you have done this, this act of faith and sacrificing your son, not withheld, not spared, your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. In other words, you know, God is graciously reminding Abraham of all the covenant promises, a seed, you know, a, a land, the promised land, points us to heaven. You know, and then that seed, that Abraham's seed would be a blessing to the nations. And one of the seeds... The seed of woman, seed of Abraham, is, is Christ himself. You know, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Galatians 3, verse 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. You know, we're, we're the blessed recipients of Abraham's faithfulness, and more importantly, of God's gracious faithfulness to us. And so the Lord graciously pronounced his blessing on Abraham for hearing his voice, for heeding his commands, for faithfully offering up his son, his only son, his beloved son, as a costly sacrifice you know, in Abraham, we, we catch a glimpse, and yet it's a sure glimpse, a saving glimpse of God's great sacrifice of his son, his only son, his beloved son, as his most gracious gift of salvation. You know, we're still in great need today. And may we, as those who know God's gracious love for us in Christ, may we know that security, that strength, that hope, that joy, that promised peace. Because God spared not his own, his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that every book of the Bible proclaims your faithfulness, your goodness, your grace, your strong saving work of redemption in Christ. Father God, in these difficult days, days of great need, great trial, when the faith of many is being tested, Lord, may we hear your voice. May we heed your commands.
May we walk by faith. May our eyes always be fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross for our salvation. For that we give you praise both now and always. Amen.